Dig a Bit, a podcast for women who want to dig into the meat of God's Word for a bit. We are glad you have taken a few minutes out of your day to listen. Our host is Cindy Colley from thecolleyhouse.org. Now grab your Bible and let's dig in. Happy New Year! It's 2020. This one kind of snuck up on us, didn't it? The beginning of a brand new year, a brand new decade and time is swiftly passing and because of that reality and the reality that the place to which we're headed is eternity with God or with the devil, I hope that today you are taking advantage of the Digging Deep study. Whether or not you're digging deep with us as a group of women, I hope that you're in the Word because that is going to make all the difference for all of us as we face the Lord in a certain judgment, of course. We in Digging Deep are in month five now. This is January, and it is a study of glory days in the ancient kingdom. And we are beginning the study by talking about a woman named Maaka, and she was one of eight wives of David. If we look back in the book of 1 Samuel, chapter 27, we can find out where David got this wife. In chapter 27, David is in a very dark period of his life, living among the Philistines for a year and four months now. And David and his men went up, verse 8, and invaded the Geshurites. These were not people of God. These were wicked idolatrous people. David smote the land, verse 9, and left neither man nor woman alive. We do know, that, however, that he had already confiscated for himself one woman named Maacah, who was the daughter of the king. She was sort of the beautiful booty for him of this war, the uh, plunder that he was able to take home with him. David smote the land and left neither man nor woman alive and took away the sheep and the oxen and the, and the donkeys and the camels and the apparel and returned and came to Achish. And Achish said, Whether have you made a road today? And we're talking about Achish, king of the Philistines here. Whether have you made a road today? And David said against the south of Judah and against the south of the Jeromeolites and against the south of the Kenites. And David saved neither man nor woman alive to bring tidings to Gath, saying, lest they should tell on us, saying, so did David. David wasn't making a road that day. David was going and conquering the Geshurites to get them out of the way of the enemy of the Philistines. He was lying to the Philistines all of this time. And so that the Philistines wouldn't find out what he was doing that day, he told them that he was building a road. Well, David was uh, at a very low point in his life. He was living a, a hypocritical lie among the Philistines here. And at the end of the day, what he got for himself was a very powerful woman, a very, uh, we assume, beautiful woman, or he would not have saved her alive. He didn't know her. She was part of the enemy camp, but he saved her alive for one of his eight wives. We really have David at a very low point here. So as he saved her alive, let's think about her perspective here. She watched likely all of her friends die. Every woman died. Her mom died. If, she, if her mom was living, her sisters died. Her, the men of the country, all of them died. Her father died. She watched all of that happen. And then she was taken captive as a wife of the king of Israel. I don't know how that that day wasn't very potent in 
uh, minds depression and destruction and how would that day not have influenced her outlook for the rest of her life at the same time though she was taken as the wife of someone who was a powerful king of israel and she bore to him two very beautiful children absalom whom david favored and tamar and we know that absalom was the one who grew up to be very wicked very disrespectful of david his father and in fact was trying to take the kingdom from him what impact did maaka have on her son did she want him to do that we really don't know a whole lot about that but she raised a very wicked son in a very challenging place where she was co-wife with seven other women and then she raised tamar to be a beautiful girl and to be sexually molested by a step brother amnon a son of ahinoam one of david's other wives so the whole saga of maaka is a very sad story she watched all of her people die she came to the palace bore two beautiful children to the king and they grew up to hand her a plate full of sorrow we're going to see also that through the history of maaka there was another maaka and this was the granddaughter of absalom could have been his daughter probably his granddaughter uh, daughter sometimes is used as granddaughter in these scriptures but absalom had only one real daughter her name was also tamar and if she did indeed marry uriel and we think that's the case she had maaka as her daughter and you read about that if you want to go and find it in second chronicles 13 verse 2. so this maaka who was the descendant of our maaka in chapter 5 of our study here in chapter 7 in the book if you're reading from women of scandal this maaka who was the wife of david also had a granddaughter or a great granddaughter named also maaka she became listen to this she became the favorite wife of king rehoboam who was not necessarily the greatest king of israel of course and the mother of the king abijah of judah she was a woman of strong character but her influence was strongly on the side of wickedness and idolatry so her grandson of course was asa who finally degraded her for um, something that we don't like to even think about in the scripture found in first kings chapter 15 and second chronicles chapter 15. so what i'm saying all this to say is that this maaka who was taken captive from the geshurites by david in first samuel chapter 27 not only lived through some very sorrowful days herself in the palace of king david raising up absalom who was going to rebel against her own husband to want to take over the king to try to, to the kingdom to try to take the hearts of the people which he was successful at doing to a very large extent ended up hanging himself by his long hair on a tree and dying 
And then we read about Tamar, her daughter, who grew up to be sexually molested by a half-brother. When I just read about all of this and then understand also that it was her descendant that finally played a part in great idolatry in the kingdom of Israel in a time when Israel became very, very wicked. When I read about all of that, what I think about Maacah is what a sad life she lived and what a great, what great burdens she had to bear. And because of David's selfish decision to go and take this wife from a a Canaanite land, a land of the heathen, a land of idolatry, because of his selfish decision, then that veiling of God's glory, that hiding of God's glory, that wickedness that made the Lord depart from Israel at times later in the future, that all happened and was predicated by and based on a very bad decision that David made in the taking of a wife. In fact, he was seeking his own glory rather than the glory of God as the king of Israel. You remember back in Deuteronomy chapter 17, the Lord said, you're going to have a king. And he said, here are some bad things that are going to result because of the elevation of a man over you rather than following God, which is the system that God obviously established and preferred. And in Deuteronomy 17, he said, your king will multiply wives to himself. He, he absolutely, in Deuteronomy 17, forbade the king to multiply wives to himself. And yet here we have David with eight wives at this point. It says he will multiply silver and gold. <laughs> David here was going and conquering himself even at a time when he wasn't living among the Israelites, he was going and taking this plunder from these lands, including a wife. He was multiplying silver and gold at this time to himself. It says that, that the king there in Deuteronomy 17 verse 18 was supposed to write a copy of the law to keep with himself. I don't know if David wrote the law, but I know that he wasn't in the law every day because if he had been diligently respectfully seeking the law every day he wouldn't be living a lie as he was living at this time and taking for himself a heathen wife but the king was commanded in deuteronomy 17 verse 19 to keep all the words of the law david wasn't doing this to do the statutes of the law he wasn't doing this to be not lifted up among above his brethren and certainly he was working to a point where he would be exalted above his brethren and he turned from the commandment as was warned in Deuteronomy 17 verse 20. David here was not, in short, seeking the glory of God. He was seeking at this point in his life his own glory. And he was doing this to the detriment not just of Israel in his own day. But this, this just one instance that we look at in Maacah was going to have consequences for generations to come all the way down to the wicked king Asa. It is incredible to think that David had disregarded God's warnings to this extent at this point in his life. So he wasn't reading the law every day. 
And then I ask you in your study to copy down Proverbs 25, verse 27, which says this, It's not good to eat much honey, so for men to search for their own glory, kabod, is not glory, kabod. When we search for our own glory, it is not ultimate glory, the kind of glory that will bring benefit throughout eternity. Rather, as it did here in the kingdom of David, it brought destruction rather than glory. So I thought about that. It's not good to eat a lot of honey. Well, honey was their sugar. Honey was was you know it was called the land of milk and honey they're going to be sweet tasting things in this land lots of sugar that was their sugar and as i was thinking about honey i i looked it up a little bit and i know that honey is um, has some antioxidants i was reading uh, from the mayo clinic though that to gain really a significant benefit from the antioxidants in honey you'd have to eat six teaspoons at least of honey a day and so despite the health benefits that might be associated with honey it's very high in sugar which obviously can be detrimental to your health and the proverbs writer knew that even way back when he was writing in the ancient kingdom in fact studies show that uh, high sugar diets are linked to and we already know this obesity inflammation in the body, insulin resistance, liver issues, and heart disease. And you've heard your doctor say all of these things. And we, if you watch medical shows on television, which I, I do not, but you, you know these things. Sugar is your, the enemy of your health. Excess sugar intake may also be tied to a higher risk of depression, dementia, and even certain kinds of cancer and all of these things are documented therefore the best way according to the Mayo Clinic to take advantage of the potential benefits linked to honey is to opt for a high quality brand and use it just to replace unhealthy sweeteners that you might already be eating like high fructose corn syrup or refined sugar sure it's better than refined and processed sugar but honey is still very high in its sugar content. So moderate your intake and use it sparingly to minimize your risk of side effects on health. So the summary is honey's a form of sugar which can have negative effects on your health when consumed in high amounts. What did God say about it? It is not good to eat much honey. And then he makes this analogy it's like eating honey when you search for your own glory. It tastes good, but it has bad results. David wasn't even going to know in his lifetime the destructive results that his marriage to Maacah, his quest for power in a dark time of his life, his quest for his own glory, his taking a wife that was a jewel in his crown, let's say he did not even know the bad results that were going to come for that from that sometimes we're like that sometimes we do things in our lives that are really to satisfy our own mental or social sweet tooth we do things that feel good that make us be more 
acceptable or more popular in the group that we find ourselves in socially. And we're not even thinking about the fact that it's not good to eat much honey. So for men to search for their own glory is not really kabod at all. Proverbs 25 verse 27. When we're selfish, when we choose power, when we choose lust, when we choose what satisfies our carnal selves, then we veil and obstruct the glory of God in our lives. David did this at this point in his life. Thanks for listening. I hope you have a good rest of the month of January and let's keep digging together. If you find yourself in Huntsville, Alabama, we'd love for you to worship with us at West Huntsville Church of Christ at Providence, 1519 Old Monrovia Road, Northwest. Sunday morning worship begins at 9 a.m., followed by Bible classes for all ages. We meet again at 5 p.m. for evening worship and at 7 on Wednesday night. Digabit is a production of Digging Deep in God's Word, a Bible study for women. For more information, visit thecolleyhouse.org.